Hello, welcome back everyone to episode number 12 of Pretty Fly for Two Sci Guys. I should say this technically will be Pretty Fly for Three Sci Guys. Um, not sure if that's technically correct for you, Craig, but hey, let's, let's roll with it. Really looking forward to today. Um, we have our special guest who I'll let introduce himself very shortly. And we'll be doing a, a bit of a different topic. We're going to dive into, and I'll let Craig touch on it a bit as well, multi-potentialism, which is a pretty great word, and really touching on how when you learn skills and sports and really improve your fitness, this can have benefits for different areas of your life and even within the sporting realm. So if you're somebody who's very into gymnastics, this these skills of balance and coordination can really play nicely into different sports, whether that's something like boxing or even football, rugby, etc. Uh, without further ado, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. We'll come to Peter first and then we'll let Craig let everyone know who he is, what he does, and then we'll get started. Right, so hi everyone. Um, you might know me from the previous podcast. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a final year PhD student at the University of Bath um, studying biochemistry and also um, very, very keen interest for years ever since my childhood in, in nutrition as well as, as sports performance in, in various different sports. And I'm, and I'm lucky enough to co-host this, this podcast with Declan. And so, yeah, uh, welcome, Craig. And if you want to introduce yourself to, to our audience, that would be, be amazing. Yes, uh, thank you, Declan. Thank you, Peter. It's really, really nice to be along. So thanks very much for, uh, for inviting me. Yes, yeah, so my name's uh, Craig, and I'm uh, the instructor and organizer at Combat Solutions in Edinburgh, which is a, um, really, it's a combat sports club and social uh, group. Uh, in, based in the heart of Edinburgh and we teach a variety of different classes on kickboxing, Muay Thai and a whole bunch of other uh, martial arts kind of rolled together into sort of fitness solutions but we really balance it as well out with making it a nice safe place for people to uh, make friends especially if they're new to uh, new to our fair city. Fantastic and I will say I, I am a member myself and you'll probably guess where, where the connection comes from and I'm a huge fan of what you touched on Craig actually the the social aspect is huge uh, I just love coming down every every session and social and for me it's an entirely new sport and this leads us nicely to segue into the first question actually and really getting your guys take on what is multi-potentialism how would you define it and I'll come to come to you Craig first actually and then Peter it'd be great to get your thoughts on it too yeah what's what's your angle on it yeah so um the the term itself I suppose was one that I picked up on a couple of years ago actually there's a, a TED talk by um a woman by the name of um Amelia uh Wapnick and she's a an author artist and community builder and, and really what she was talking about was she says you know why some people find it hard to find one particular calling in life 
And what was interesting about that was, um, she said some people are, are, are very, very gifted naturally. They, ha they know their direction, they know their specific areas of interest in life. But for a, a lot of uh, people in the population worldwide is that they, that they have multiple interests, some of which are running concurrent, some of which have led on to other interests where they are now. Um, and what I think fascinated me was that it's a person who, a multi-potentialite is described as a person who pursues multiple hobbies and interests at the same time and with no, um, with no sort of um, sacrifice of the amount of intensity in which they go about it. Um, so I suppose it's, uh, it, it's very individual to, to the person um, and what, what I'd be interested to know with you guys as well, what, uh, where you see yourselves in as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very personal uh, to you and how you regard yourself and, and um, your own, you know, how you explore your own interests and your own, you know, what, what, uh, what makes you up as the person that, that you are. Yeah, and what's your what's your take on it, Peter? Then, because for me, I I'm a huge believer in it, actually because I think that the ability to learn in one area almost gives you this baseline, this almost advantage. And a really cool example would be sports. And there's a few specifics that I'm keen to touch on and get your guys' thoughts on too later on with specific skills. Um, I think it is fascinating, actually. And I think what you touched on, Craig, about the multi-purpose and complexity angle, I think is important because, and yeah, this is maybe more abstract, but I think for a lot of people, there's almost this pressure of finding that one thing, that one purpose, and people almost feel that they're, they're failing at that, if that makes sense. You know, they see people who seem to have it all together in that respect and they say well i'm not sure so i think it's it's actually a positive but yeah what for you peter what springs to mind when we when we speak about this topic well i think i think for me when i first heard that term it's it's all about the idea of transferable skills right so pursuit of any sort of discipline be that an academic one an artistic one or sports-based one develops in you a certain set of skills but those set of skills are likely going to be to some extent useful in other areas of your life so for example if you've developed a huge amount of mental strength and fortitude through years of competitive sport it's likely that in your career you're also going to be a person who's driven who deals well with failure and who's able to push through periods of great discomfort, of a lot of workload, very long hours, and you're going to emerge victorious from those challenges because you have that mindset. But also, I think it's, it's a very good point and it's very, very important now, especially. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Yuval Noah Harari is. I might have yes. butchered his name a yes. little bit, but in, <laughs> yes. in his 21... Yes. 21 Lessons for 21st Century, he talks a lot about the idea that you're likely to be changing your field of your profession numerous times throughout your life if you've been born, you know, in the 80s or 90s or whenever. So the idea of you 
pursuing a number of different interests at the same time seems to me like it's going to be something that's going to be inevitable for people that want to be uh, be successful in the future. It comes back, and this is <laughs> completely random, but yeah, and I think it's that similar point where so many jobs today did not exist 10 years ago, even five years ago. And a small anecdote <laughs> to chuck in is I saw on LinkedIn last week, somebody was a TikTok consultant, which I thought was quite cool and very 2020. Um, but yeah, I think it just really echoes that point, doesn't it? And the mention of skills, I think is really interesting. And I want to get your guys angle on this from a martial arts perspective, because obviously for you, Peter, it's Taekwondo and obviously for you, Craig, being so experienced with, with kickboxing and Muay Thai, if you had to pick, yeah, I'll be, I'll be generous. I, I would say if you had to pick two skills from these respective disciplines that you think have been of the biggest benefit for other sports or life in general, what would you choose and why? And we'll come back to you, Peter, if that's okay first. And then Craig, feel free to jump in straight at it. Right, yeah, yeah. So so as Dick mentioned, I'm a, I'm a blue belt in Taekwondo, about three years of, of experience of competing and finding at, at least at the university level. So not not a huge amount of of kind of you know life lessons learned from taekwondo but taekwondo is built on five sort of pillars or tenets of it and and two of those really stood out to me which is um perseverance as well as indomitable spirit so the idea of you have to if you guys know the saying fake it till you make it it's almost make it till you make it so kind of keep grinding at it keep doing stuff keep pushing yourself, keep improving yourself and good things will follow if you have that sort of mindset. And then indomitable spirit is just about realizing that you only really fail if you give up, right? You might make some mistakes, you may make some errors, you might not succeed at something the first time around. But if you realize that the only way that you can actually fail is if you give up, then you're going to have a very strong mindset going into any challenge that life throws at you. I think those are incredible, incredible points you just made there, actually. And yeah, I, I agree with those 100% because they, they are so um, relevant. Um, in my own background, I got into um, to learning. Originally, it was, it was, was jiu-jitsu that got me into um, martial arts. Probably around about, about 2011, um and then i kind of migrated into other other areas and sports related to that mainly muay thai and, and a bit of western boxing but what i i discovered uh, from that most definitely is was um the the having a, a being consistent and showing up and applying yourself with absolute tenacity but i think to the two skills that have really stuck with me, uh, these are maybe slightly more soft skills, I suppose, um, has been, yeah, the perseverance, like you said, um, Peter, but also that um, being able to 
word almost unlearn what you feel you what you think you know because in so many different cases being able to stay flexible and adapt and learn and refine your skills um with the ultimate goal of improvement um is is, is a huge a huge skill but also um taking your own ego out of the equation when for example in in, in one of the, the first few times that i remember being swept um, by that, of course, having my basically both legs taken from under me and basically me being turned upside down, not to take that personally uh, and not to, to, to bruise, have a bruised ego and to still come back and still absorb that and, and move forward, um, you know, again, with the pursuit of, of getting better and learning lessons. I love that angle on it. And it's true, isn't it? Because it's all, at least from what I can see, principle-based. And I think that the whole growth mindset I see is quite is almost necessary in sport because nobody comes in and is a black belt in karate, for instance, or is the best in their field. You know, we all start and we have to go through that initial people call it often the shit phase, which is <laughs> I guess yeah, uh, maybe a good way of describing it. One thing I'm really interested to hear what you guys think about, and I think it's fascinating, is, and I want to get the phrasing right here, I believe it is latent potential. Um, and I'll kind of give a quick outline of it. Yes, I've got a diagram in front of me, which is super useful. Yes, now I, I'm genuinely fascinated by this. And it's all about progress and especially if you're somebody who's maybe quite early on and well even if you're a bit more mature and experienced the whole idea that progress should be linear at least we think it should you know so time increases so do your results and it's basically a straight line one thing that i think is really interesting is this idea of latent potential where it's actually more of an exponential curve in the sense that you have this initial disappointment where you think you're not making any gains or any any progress and then out of nowhere almost overnight you suddenly have this breakthrough and that could be with taekwondo kickboxing or even weight loss or business any aspects of life yeah what's your guys taking that i'm not sure come to you craig first yeah, is that something you've heard of, experienced? What's your take on it? Yeah, it's that's an interesting one actually. I mean, my my understanding of it might be might be slightly vague, so please do please do help me out with this one. Um, <laughs> but I I I interpret latent potentialism as almost like it's uh, maybe a set of skills that have manifested later on, mm. more predominantly, which have actually maybe been there all along, but have yes. maybe just been along the way have been developed. Um, I mean, and a lot of these skills, for example, um, you know, when we talk about learning uh, any any uh, sport or skill, um, you know, we always think of it in terms of the superficial, in terms of the we're learning the mechanics, we're learning to, you know, to to do a punch or just do a kick. But uh, you know, th those things are, are very visible. But it's what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on with the the balance and our placing of our feet, our developing of our agility, our understanding of of almost developing that that sort of slowly that and un, somewhat unconsciously 
that Zen state whereby we just focus really on what is at hand and everything else just begins, you know, in our, our personal lives or private lives or whatever, kind of just kind of just falls into the background for that time. Those are things that we don't maybe consciously learn, but we we observe later on. I don't know if that make if, if that's what we're what we're thinking about here. No, I think we're thinking definitely on the same page. And yeah, I think what you said is a great way of thinking about it. The flow state, yes. Let's come back to that. I think mean, that's a, a great mini topic, and I'm I'm a big fan of speaking about it. Yeah, what, what about you, Peter? When it comes to this whole, yeah, latent potential, exponential breakthrough. Yeah, what's your what's your take on it? So I have to confess that I have to agree with Craig that my understanding of it was more that it's something that was hidden that when someone finally tries mm. something new, it manifests itself, even though almost nobody was expecting it to be there. Okay. So for example, yeah. you know, people, people that have never really tried sports and all of a sudden they try them later in life and discover they're amazing at this one sport or they're amazing at this mm. one skill, like playing the guitar or I don't know, hunting even with other bow, anything. And so I think, I think from, from that perspective, it's, it's what we, both me and Craig mentioned with the perseverance is is almost the perseverance in trying new things to discover where your potential lies in that sense. Now, in the sense that you mentioned it with the exponential growth, I think that's where so many people go wrong because we more and more live in a culture where you want your results quickly and you want your skills to be developed quickly and you want results to be there very quickly and you want you don't want the journey you want the end point and yeah. and nothing nothing puts people better in their place with that than martial arts as an example <laughs> you know i was doing amazingly at competitions but i wasn't grading well so during gradings i was standing next to seven and eight year olds because they were the same belt as me and so obviously I could have developed that massive ego of, you know, I'm really, really good. I'm making amazing progress. But in reality, many of them were objectively better mm-hmm. than I was, you know, and they were just a little children. And I think that's, that's very, very, very important to realize that, you know, it's a very long journey and it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. But mm-hmm. if you persist at it, that's when you can hit that amazing part of of your development where where that particular skill that you're trying to to enhance just becomes better and better as you said exponentially almost but you need that initial patience to get to that stage yeah i definitely feel exactly you're you're saying yourself uh, peter this desire to learn skills quickly um i i always kind of feel i come back to that that scene in the matrix you know that film's got a lot to answer for um when he, he, he they stick a this plug in the back of his head and in two seconds he's like I know jujitsu you know I think everyone wants to have this like one pill kind of you know what you could describe as like the pot noodle success where you just add water and suddenly you've got this fully formed skill set um but yeah it's and it's so interesting as well that um you know going back to 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 multi-potentialism someone who learns a musical instrument I mean when you first you know people pick up a musical instrument you know with dreams about you know being on stage alongside, you know, whoever the, 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 the end setting artist is of the day. And then you pick up an instrument and you start playing it. And even after like, you know, six months, you still sound terrible. It's pushing through that, you know, that, that, that 
spell of just like, oh, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, but you are with perseverance. It's so interesting that you should say that. Yeah, I actually agree with you both. And I think that, yeah, and I think this is what it touched on. And yeah, maybe with the phrasing, I'd, maybe I've been inaccurate with it. But the point it gets at, which you both mentioned, which I'm so glad you did, was the quick results. And the whole point of having the message to a certain extent is to trust the process and be patient. And yet it, in the diagram I've actually got up in front of me, the initial half of the the time axis so like you know when you're learning and you're turning up for training being consistent is actually called the valley of disappointment and i think it is this whole <laughs> it's i think it's quite a good word we've all been there we've all been there <laughs> and yeah and i think it just echoes that sentiment um so yeah so i think with people listening it's just really taking away the fact that it is a slow process nothing good comes quickly um that's for sure one thing that you taught on Craig that i know is maybe a bit of a tangent from the topic but i think is fascinating is getting into a flow and i think it's something that is when you experience it it's incredible it, it's just this sense of being fully present and in the moment and actually you could argue this is maybe a skill in itself that hopefully sports people can undo take into their day-to-day life where you're so focused on a task or something you're doing and enjoying you're you are present um i'm not sure do you any of you guys have any tips on this i know it's hard i suppose to get into that state but i'll come to you peter first with this question yeah, do you have any best practice for being focused or getting into a flow? Yeah, absolutely. Go try hard to find a few passions that you're so interested in that you're not interested in doing anything else and then just keep at them and you will enter that flow straight. 100% guaranteed. It's mm-hmm. it's you need that initial fuel of burning passion that allows you to you know to get up at 4 a.m every day to skip parties to skip meals sometimes or sleep and just you know just keep going at it and within that passion i think lies the trigger that allows you to then become this almost completely present completely focused completely just laser zoomed in on that individual individual task at hand and then you can create some amazing amazing things and it's not something that happens very often but but you can definitely get there okay excellent thank you what were you craig what's your guilty yeah advice really interesting really so interesting and real pleasure to 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 listen to you hearing you say that um i suppose Succinctly, um, succinctly, societies, um, because we've got so many other different things going on and different distractions and things like that, um, we develop this degree of restlessness, that, of, of, of not feeling able to sort of like immerse ourselves in one thing without being pulled away to another. Um, and in that, I think what, what you said, uh, Peter, about maybe honing it down to say three interests, brilliant, because there are, there are folk out there who've maybe got like four or five or six different interests, but 
it gets to the point where you all your cups are going to be sort of like you know half empty um or or, or less mm -hmm. so so yeah it's, it is something's quite useful to sort of be able to you know to hone them down and um, first of all i would say if you can it's trying to avoid distractions i mean for example you know when it was the last time if you picked up a really good novel a really good book that you really want to you know to get into and you kept looking at your phone you're not going to be immersed in that that world of and the purpose of, of the therapy beside, behind that novel or that film that you're going to see at the cinema or whatever it is um and likewise when it comes to to sport try and leave the distractions behind if that means you know putting your phone on flight mode for a little while or leaving it at home sometimes just get cut out what's maybe not necessary in this moment um and focus on the uh, on the interest and the task at hand and be interested to see what happens is it it's a really interesting topic as well and even with the the science behind it and yeah i'll come to you peter a sec for this to see if you've got any more insights on it um yeah and i think they've done a few studies i believe on on this topic in the the sense of multitasking and i think i don't know where this um what's the words yeah where this presumption about guys comes from where you can't multitask i don't know maybe it's true um but they said that basically nobody can so even both guys and girls when it comes to trying to do multiple things at once your your brain just can't process it so it's almost saying that actually you kind of need to be getting towards a flow state to be effective um yeah i'm not sure peter if you have any accurate signs i know that's a big ask off the top of your head but um yeah i'm not sure if you've heard much on it no i wouldn't i wouldn't say i have any scientific stuff on it but the stuff that i heard is is really focused on the stuff that craig just mentioned about distraction and that's a brilliant point because you're never ever going to get anywhere near towards flow state if you have any distractions but i mean distractions are everywhere as in you know you as Craig mentioned, like your phone is the biggest one, obviously, but it's it's everything. It's your it, it's your own thoughts as well. So if you don't if you don't have a solid almost background in in managing your thoughts and and some sort of practice of meditation, even a couple of minutes daily, you know the thoughts that are racing in our heads, especially now during the pandemic, like it's I don't know about you guys, but like it's not necessarily that easy to focus because there's so many things happening all the time that you know that you're exposed to really when you're talking to people when you're as we mentioned looking at your phone or looking at your email even or or checking different things you cannot enter that flow straight with the distractions uh, around you so it's almost if you really want to get there and and be that productive and and really hone in that skill or that project or whatever it is then you really need to almost seclude yourself for those periods of time and just switch everything else off and then with some intense focus and some 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 really direct and really mindful dedication to it then you know you might get there yes yeah, it's, it's a great angle on it isn't it because whatever you put into something you get out of isn't it and yeah, uh, I think if you, it's almost removing the emotion from it. I think for some people, it's that pressure of 
yeah or trying to do it in the correct way and obviously procrastination and distractions as well it's a great topic i think to start to end on um i could genuinely talk all night on this it's such a great starting point as a, a conversation i've got a couple of quick fire tips and and questions for both of you guys if if you're okay for that um to start to wrap up and then we'll come back to you guys again for any asks of the audience where to find you what anything you're working on so i'm going to cheat i could ask one but i'm keen to ask two questions come to you craig first if if that's okay and okay quick fire questions number one one new skill you've learned or started in lockdown and your best fitness tip for anyone listening and it could be from any time uh, lockdown specific would be cool but no no restriction on it what's your what's your take oh very very good very very good question uh so something i've really gotten into is uh really started to re- redevise what meditation was for me and its purpose for me I used to think of meditation as as like trying to completely either like yeah, I don't know, listen to music or completely silence my mind or com- basically do it in, in complete isolation with zero stimuli and I actually realized that sometimes that's not necessarily what you're after. You're, you, you're actually after just, you know, separating yourself from your thoughts. It's kind of like, you know, standing on the, the roadside and, you know, the traffic is your thoughts and you're just observing the thoughts going back and forward, but you're not attached to it. You're not hanging on to the end of the bumper of those vehicles going back and forward. So that has been a useful thing, meditating and understanding a little bit more about, you know, brainwave frequencies. It's been really helpful to help me mm-hmm. regulate even in between projects, between interests, between things, is to have a little buffer where I kind of go into the, you know, the kind of the bit of slightly more alpha brain waves to, to rest, and then I restart again. Um, in terms of fitness um, tips, um, we definitely say try and try and get develop a habit, uh, even if it's just like you know what I, if I start my work at nine a.m. Well, here's what can I can I go for like a twenty-five minute brisk walk at eight for eight fifteen. And I do that first and um, get to a habit of that. Make it small, but reward yourself for it as well. Um, for me, my, my habit has been to change my wake-up times in the morning. Um, I, I start quite early these days and it was something quite new, but I've found it just consistent, has helped me improve my, um, when I sleep, my routines for fitness have been a lot better and my, I value my time and my intensity inside those windows even better. I love the the habit approach. It's something that I'm such a strong believer in. So, <clears throat> a week off there. Definitely not cool with it. I promise. Um, no, thanks, Akira. That's a couple of great insights and meditation. I'm I'm with you actually. I cheat a bit with mine and do a walking meditation in the mornings. But I think similar to what you said, the having the stimuli I find quite helpful. And even just walking and feeling my feet on the ground, which is normally such a small thing, is super useful. And it's one of the best things you, you can do. Incredible mm, to hear that. No, thank you. And yeah, and I think it's just a whole self-care and 
starting with the basics that that really helps everything you do um i'm a big believer in that as well so so thank you and coming now to you peter big shoes to fill question uh question and answer wise i'll i'll say them again i'm sure you remembered anyway but yeah one new skill you learned in lockdown and then might be hard but <laughs> one best fitness tip for the audience right yeah definitely big big shoes to fill i love i love the the answers that craig gave and i'm 100 behind them as well in terms of one new skill it's for me it was the ability to organize myself because when you're when you're writing a thesis essentially just writing a book there is no structure to your life there's no external structure that's set on your life so you're basically just left on your own to do whatever you want throughout the day and so you can see how that very easily can go very very south very very quickly and so you need to have that skill of setting your own schedule precisely and for the whole day which which might sound easy but when you actually get to it it's definitely not so that was something that i had to adjust to very quickly and also that obviously was uh potentiated by the quarantine where you know you cannot see any anybody else and you're almost kind of locked on your own uh with your uh, with your task at hand so that was something that i had to develop and i think and i think i made made some good progress on in terms of the the fitness tip for me it's when we look at the quarantine itself it it exposed two things one how fragile a society can be and then how fragile the human life can be as well and so this can be a little a little bit deep maybe but as Craig said the meditation part it's so 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 important so what i would ask people to do is to maybe use that meditation to just let their thoughts drift on what goal what fitness slash sport goal do they have that they always wanted to try but they never got their chance to do so is that a marathon is that get, trying a new martial art or maybe getting to the black belt level or you know just trying a completely different sport or activity or getting to a certain you know weight or body fat percentage or whatever it is and just double down on it and apply that those kind of principles of entering the flow state that we that we discussed to kind of try to get get as close to that goal as they can because you know they only have one chance at this life and so we better make the most of it also in terms of fitness so 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 good so good hearing that peter wow so i had to cut in there deck and just incredible incredible oh, uh, had to be done oh, thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> yeah, <it's> such a <laughs> such a powerful message and couldn't think of a better place and answer to to end on um couple of things before we wrap up obviously first of all thank you both for for joining and making the time it's it's been awesome actually i'd be keen to catch up again sometime soon and we did enjoy the it's such a cool conversation because you start with this like one word or phrase and then you can just meander naturally almost into these other other avenues which i think is really really cool and and different and to start to wrap up so i'll come back to you guys come back to you first peter if that's okay where can people find you um 
I'm sure I know the answer, of course, but we'll let you invite people to to find you again. And if you had one ask of people listening as well, what would that be? And then we'll come straight to you, Craig, after that. Right. So people can find me at scientificallyfit.blog or scientificallyfit underscore IG on on Instagram. And the one ask I have is that if you've enjoyed the podcast and if you enjoy enjoy their first awesome collaboration with, with Craig, if you could share that episode with a friend that you think uh, might be interested or a family member or anybody else, really, that would mean a lot to us uh, so that we can spread our message to as many people as, as we can reach. Awesome. Amazing. And going back to, to you, Craig, what's your, where can we find you? And what's yes. Your... <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, <clears throat> so virtually you can find us at uh, uh, uk, or you can find us on Facebook, just look for Combat Solutions. If you're looking to find us in person, we've uh, gradually been venturing out into the meadows if you happen to be uh, a local to Edinburgh and uh, if you have someone that you're comfortable you wish to, to, to train with you're welcome to come along we'll take you through the uh, all the basics and help you uh, with an introduction to the sport if it's your first time um, so you can find us drop me a message uh, DM me and uh, yeah we look forward to hearing from you. Awesome and like I said at the start uh, happy and growing hopefully improving member myself so i can actually vouch for for the socials and just the the entire experience i, I genuinely one of the best things i've, I've done uh, the last the last year or so um so i can wholeheartedly recommend and thank you for me of course um you can find me demagogue nutrition everywhere and like peter said actually with the podcast if you enjoyed it and it was a real pleasure to have you, Craig, on today. Appreciate it, my friends. It always helps us out to keep growing and keep improving. And we look forward to the next episode to be confirmed. Um, I'll say bye from myself just now and then come to you, Peter, and then we'll say goodbye from you, Craig, at the end. Right. Thanks, everyone for listening and thank you so much Craig for joining us today and I'm looking forward to more episodes in the future so bye from me as well Declan and Peter thanks so much for having me along and for those of you that are uh, are listening uh, I really hope that you've uh, you've enjoyed this uh, you know being part of this and uh, thank you for joining us <laughs>